0: Hello and welcome to Case Reopened, your number one Detective canon Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is Colleen. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, and I'm here.
0: Uh, One person is not here. Kyle Bradford uh, was supposed to be here, but some internet issues are keeping him from appearing today, so hopefully he'll be back next week. Don't send me hate mail if he's not. Uh
1: (laughs) Yeah, no promises.
0: This is still an exciting episode, because we're covering a two-hour special, this is episode 129, The Girl from the Black Organization and the University Professor Murder Case.
1: Catchy title.
0: This is a big episode, Colleen. Yeah, very catchy title. (laughs) And this originally aired January 4th, 1999, so we've entered a new year.
1: Wow. (laughs) But we're still just at
0: 1999. I know. We're (laughs) We're 21 years away from... Being where we're at.
1: Oh, So many characters. <sighs>
0: we've done so many of these episodes, and yet we're still so far to
1: go. I remember when I first started recording with you guys, and I thought to myself, oh, you know, a year from now, we're probably going to meet Haibara, and now we've actually come to this moment, and it's just like, what has happened in the last year, and why have we not moved any further along?
0: That's a good question, but... We're finally meeting Hibera this time. It's a big episode. How excited were you going into this two hour special? I was, just to answer before you, I was very excited for a couple of reasons. First off, I love Hibera as a character. And secondly, I did not remember how she was introduced at all. Cause when I think about, like, her early, like, scenes in Conan, I think of there's this one case where she's in, like, a wine cellar and there's, like, a black organization member. Uh, that must be further in, but that was like my first like thought of when I try to think of like early high bar scenes. So I thought like maybe that was like one of the first things, but uh, we're, we still have a a bit to get to that. I couldn't really remember what exactly this first case was, so it was fun getting to relive that experience.
1: Yeah, I was pretty hyped going into it as well. Um, I mean, whenever we get a a special, whether it be one hour, or two hours, or whatnot, uh, it's always like your heart beats a little bit as a Conan fan, and uh, this uh, went into the Black Organization storyline, so you're kind of like, oh, finally, plot, actual plot, and not just filler. Although I love the filler, but yeah, I was uh, was pretty happy going into this.
0: I looked it up. 176 is when we'll start the episode I'm thinking of. It's a three-parter, and we don't see the Black Organization until then, so... I guess we have no plot really <laughs> for another forty episodes. We're not
1: purists. You know those people who only watch black organization episodes? They probably get through this show in like a week. Yeah.
0: That would be would be very convenient. But I, I I'm looking through the list. We have plenty of Hatori. Um, so we have some Kaido Kid coming up. There's lots of good stuff. A lot of detective boys, a lot of memorable cases. even get some Metropolitan police detective love stories.
1: (laughs) Oh, those are great.
0: So there's a lot to look forward to, even if we're not going to see the Black Organization for a bit. But this episode has plenty of Black Organization. We get them for two straight hours. Can't be too bummed out. Nope. So the hint going into this episode was cassette tape. And Canon says today is two hours. Lots of mystery solving. That's an understatement.
1: Time to confront gin and vodka.
0: Oh, there we go. We got the dull read here.
1: (laughs) You know how sometimes these are like super poetic or whatnot, and you're just like, I, yeah, I can't really buy into this. This is just like straight up facts, and we're promising you a fun time.
0: Yeah, respect to that. The special opens up with a recap of the series to this point. It's very similar to what the movies have done. Episode then kicks off with Ayumi and the other detective boys all excited about a new transfer student joining the school. Ginta hopes that she's a cute girl. Omitsuhiko well, Mitsuhiko says personality is most important, Conan says it might be a nerdy, boring kid, and Ayumi says that the student's name is Hybera. They find the name weird, but they all admit that it's better than Conan.
1: Oh, <laughs> Like, imagine a friend of yours said that to you. Yeah, your name sucks.
0: <laughs> it really is a bad name, though. Like, especially for a Japanese school. Conan? Yeah. It winds up being a girl, and everybody remarks at how cute she is as she's introduced to the class as Hibera I. Conan doesn't get the fuss over her, but she sits right next to him, despite Ginta loudly trying to get her attention. This was very funny. He was just very loudly like, sit here, sit here, and she just does not give him a single <laughs> moment of her time. Ginta then calls her stuck up while she introduces herself to Conan. So what'd you think about her initially? I thought it was surprising that everybody was, like, all fawning over her, because... I mean, I like I like Hibera, but I never really thought she was like I, don't know, I like what fucking first graders. I'm gonna say I didn't really think she had much sex appeal, but that's not what I'm trying to. I didn't think she was like <laughs> highly regarded as like a cute girl in school. I didn't know that was like part of her because like Ayumi, she has like the traditional like grade school cuteness, but like Hibera is yeah. kind of like she dresses very plain, so I didn't really expect that.
1: Yeah, I I could definitely feel the excitement around just. You know, the fact that she's a new person in school and, like, just how she totally ignores Genta and goes over to sit with Conan and the other kids don't, you know, go, ooh, or anything like that. Like, you can tell they're not really even thinking on the attraction level or anything like that. It's more like, hey, she's new uh she's different interesting like that's why I'm, we're going to fawn over her but yeah my first impressions were well she's presented to us as like this cool kind of mysterious type of character you know the types that they introduce in anime and they don't say anything and they just like give you these looks and you just feel like they're you know so much more above you or t- intelligent so i was kind of getting that vibe from um her introduction and i thought it was super cute how excited Ayumi was about meeting her. Um, but yeah, like all the signals were definitely showing that she's not just like some random character, like she's gonna uh, be added to the the main cast, probably.
0: Yeah, I had the same exact feeling, you know, she seemed kind of snuck up, snooty. She really reminded me of talking with you each week on this podcast, Kali.
1: <laughs> oh, gee, I, yeah, I can't... I don't know if I should take that as a compliment or not.
0: <laughs> After class, Ayumi offers to walk home together with Hibera, but gets coldly ignored. Genta tells her to leave such a stuck-up woman alone, but Mitsuhiko and Ayumi continue trying to talk to her. Hibera eventually gives her home location out, which is 22 Baker Block 2nd Street. Conan finds it odd as it's right by Shinichi's house, but he can't remember there being a Hibera family right around there. She then spots the confused look on his face, and she gives him a, a very knowing sprint. You definitely know something's up with her her encounter here early on. She definitely seems to be enjoying confusing him and just kind of playing with his emotions a bit here.
1: Yeah. I, I tried really hard to sort of put myself in the mindset of what I felt the first time I watched this episode, but I think I went into it, like, whatever, whenever I watched it a couple of years ago, Um I went into it already knowing what was up with her, so it didn't even feel like I was discovering. Like, I didn't, there was no aspect of, gee, I wonder what this is all about. Like, I knew where it was going, so it'd be really interesting to talk to somebody who's watching this for the first time and sort of their take on what all of her non verbals mean.
0: Genta asks if Kevin likes the stuck up woman, which he denies, and Mitsuhiko tells Hibera about the detective boys. She asks if Conan's in it, too, and Genta says that Conan's like his apprentice, which <laughs> is completely accurate. Oh, absolutely. It's revealed that they use Genta's shoe locker for the detective boy's requests, but it's empty today. Connor then suggests that they play soccer at the park, and Genta notices a note in his shoe. It's from Nakata to Shia who asked them to meet him at the grade 1 class A room after school they go meet with him and Hybera tags along were you uh were you surprised that Hybera was staying along with these guys like she seemed very aloof but she seems like she just is willing to do whatever they are today.
1: yeah a little bit You're, you you kind of question her motives at this point because if she were just you know some random character or like this random girl being introduced to the class and she'd probably just go home after school, but like because she's tagging along, even though she didn't particularly look like she was excited about anything. Like it kind of just plays back to the whole, okay, she's obviously hanging out uh, around Conan for some reason.
0: They learn that the boy's older brother disappeared and they wonder if it's a kidnapping case. Mitsuhiko says they've done a similar case before and that's when Genta asks him if his brother's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> After being reassured that it's a brother 10 years older than him, they learn that he never came back from a friend's house one week ago. Police looked for him, but they haven't found anything, and there's no ransom calls. Akata says that his brother wouldn't run away and that they have a great friendship. He's about to like break into tears because it doesn't seem like the detective boys are going to accept his case, but Conan agrees to look for him. And then they head over to the house. Once they arrive, they see a police car there and they check out its communication device. The policemen then exit and the kids thank them for their hard work rather than saying cab and yelling that at them. So they weren't <laughs> very woke here. No. Although later in the episode, we definitely get some police dissing going on.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> and it's so good, too. Like the typical bumbling police officer kind of shenanigans. But this whole part with the communication device, and uh, actually later when they go into the house, there's like a shot of them putting their backpacks down. I thought uh, that was going to be so much more important. So I'm like paying attention to all these details. I'm like, okay, so something's going to happen with this communications device. Oh, oh, and the backpacks all look the same. So they're probably going to mix them up or whatnot. But no, nothing like that happened.
0: Yeah, you'd think almost like the way it was presented. Like, the policemen have no importance here. They're just like, they just get to the house and then leave. Like, you'd almost think that they'd have, like, some role in, like, oh, it's actually the kidnappers in disguise, or, like, it'd throw in some loops here, and there's something with the communication device that they have to use. But no, it's just completely useless information.
1: We're following proper protocol. That's essentially all I got from that.
0: Nakata's mother welcomes the kids in and says she'll be in the kitchen. They then look at his brother's room and get their remarks at how clean it is. Kids look for clues, but Genta and Mitsuhiko get distracted by a new pair of Nike Air shoes. <laughs> They're like, wow, he's such a hype beast. And Nakata explains that his uncle in America gave his shoes to him and his brother. So they both have a pair. Do you ever have Nike Air shoes?
1: I can't say that I had. Uh I mean, I didn't really care well, I don't care for brands most of the time, and uh, I w- I will say, though, that I went through this phase where I only wanted to wear Puma shoes, but that, that didn't last long. <laughs> yeah?
0: That was your brand of choice?
1: It was. Because it was an animal.
0: <laughs> Kenta gives up having found nothing, and that's when Conan reveals that he found the brother's wallet, which he would have took with him if he was running away. As such, he must have gotten into an accident, or some type of incident. Ayumi then goes underneath the bed and says there's a bunch of weird drawings underneath. High points out that one of them is a Picasso portrait, and Conan spots other replicas of popular painters. Nakata says that his brother is great at mimicking art, and that he did it for his art club. What a shitty skill. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he can't paint anything himself, but he can make good but not great knockoffs.
1: That's right. I mean, he might as well just trace them. Yeah, like, (laughs) what's the point to this?
0: Like, (laughs) It's the most useless talent to have.
1: Maybe he just lacks creativity. Like, he's got the skill, but he can't come up with his own designs. I feel sorry for him.
0: I don't know. Usually when you don't have talent, you just wind up hosting a Detective Conan rewatch podcast. I don't know about him, though.
1: (laughs) Give yourself more credit.
0: While good, Ken says that the copies aren't good enough to pass as a counterfeit and that they would have kidnap the younger brother if they were after money. Kanan then notices a portrait of Natsume Suseki, who appears on the 1,000 yen note. Nakata reveals that the picture was entered in the city exhibition, but it received a negative reception since it was a recreation. Like, no crap. Like, you just <laughs> stole somebody else's painting. Like, why would you expect that to be like, wow, this is really incredible?
1: <laughs> I, th- I thought that Some was the point artwork. of the exhibition. Like, I don't... <laughs> Yeah, it's just it didn't make sense why he would even enter a recreation if the whole point of the context or the exhibition was like original works.
0: Yeah, the the, the piece did receive praise from one person, though, a woman wearing a black hat with a very wide rim on it. Ooh. This freaks Conan out and he learns that Nakata met her and two other men in black 10 days ago. So it's her, Will Smith and uh, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> That's right. Cannon believes it might be the black organization, and that he finally has a lead after all this time. So this
1: is the stupidest deduction. The chase
0: is on here, <laughs> like
1: because they wear black, they're part of the black organization.
0: A lot of people wear black; it's a like the most yeah. common T-shirt color. <laughs> like, and most suits like tend to be black too.
1: Yeah,
0: you know so, what I mean. Like, watch wanna- out.
1: Conan might think you're part of an organization.
0: Yeah, like every single celebrity, we can probably find them wearing black clothing.
1: Yeah, or anybody going to a funeral. <laughs> every single, I just imagine
0: Conan like coming across a funeral, seeing people in black going and entering in, and he's like, "I gotta look up. I'll see, I'll talk to you kids later. I gotta stake out this funeral home. <laughs> I think the, the men in black are here."
1: Oh my gosh! And you like hear somebody ask for like a alcoholic beverage of some sort, he's just like, oh my gosh, there's, I don't know, whiskey or
0: something. (laughs) Oh no, is here. I knew it was the black organization.
1: Nothing gets past you, Conan.
0: Conan then tells Nakata to take him to places nearby that his brother liked, as it's likely he was called somewhere close to home and then taken away. They strike out at a coffee shop, an arcade, a department store, and then they just go to a random back alley. Like, why was that (laughs) where he liked to hang out? Was he doing, like, heroin or something?
1: It was, like, like that whole montage was so funny. And there's, like, this cat in the (laughs) alleyway. Yeah,
0: he hung out at this coffee shop. He liked playing games at the arcade and... Like being in the shady.
1: And you know how, like, each place that they go to, there's, like, a person who, like, motions to them, like, oh, I don't know, or this person wasn't here or whatnot. In the alleyway, it's a cat who, like, runs away. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, it can't be here.
0: Maybe they're, like, maybe he, like, hung out with the stray cats or something.
1: Oh my gosh, he's an aristocrat. cat.
0: Oh my god. So.
1: So the brother was a cat.
0: Oh, there we go. We've solved the mystery.
1: Yeah, Mitsuhiko is right.
0: The kids then enter a convenience store, and Conan finds it odd when a man buys a pack of cigarettes without a one thousand yen bill, receiving seven hundred seventy yen in change. Who would find this odd? <laughs> like only Conan.
1: So, is that like if we were trying to think of, let's say, American dollars? Is that like the equivalent of buying a pack of smokes for uh, with a hundred dollar bill? Like, wh-
0: no, it would have been like ten bucks. But <laughs> okay, like let's just say. <laughs> But I think cigarettes are a little more expensive here. So let's say, like, with a $20 bill. Like, you bought one pack of cigarettes for, like, a cigarette's like $6, $7, and you bought it with a $20 bill. Like, with that, that that wouldn't be that odd. No. Like, yeah, you're receiving more change than what you spent, but, like, sometimes you don't have a bunch of smaller bills. It's like a normal thing. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Kind of says that he could have bought it at the vending machine outside instead. Like, not everybody's that afraid of, like, human interaction, Conan. Some people just like <laughs> to buy it from the stores so they know what they're getting rather than use a vending machine outside.
1: Was there a long lineup? Maybe that's what what kind of... Yeah, he, he did say it.
0: there were, like, two people there. But that's not that long. <laughs> okay, like, it wasn't not, like no. he waited for hours here. Conan <laughs> okay. demands to see the 1,000 yen bill that was just used. And he reaches into the register to grab it.
1: Oh, this is awesome. They like did a freeze frame of it too.
0: Yeah, he's he's really on edge because he thinks the black organization is behind this. So he's like really amped up. He notices it's a fake and there's no watermark on it before the cashier just rips it back from him. <laughs> he then tells the cashier to so call the police as it's a counterfeit, and then he runs off after the man that just left. How confused would you be if you're the cashier lady?
1: Oh, super confused. I don't know if I I would believe the kid. Like, we never see the aftermath of this, so who knows if the police actually show up. They're probably too busy fiddling around with their communication device that's useless in this episode.
0: Conan tells the man and the kids then catch up to him. He says that he knowingly used a counterfeit bill as it can trick the human eye, but not a machine. He tells Nakata that his brother is likely kidnapped and being used to create counterfeit bills. Cohen says aloud that uh, maybe he's with the men who shrunk his body with drugs. And uh, everybody's like, what? What the hell are you what talking are you about? You got shrunk with drugs? And he's like, haha, just my classic sense of humor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know i'm really buying into the whole on edge thing now that you mentioned it because usually he doesn't slip up like that
0: and honestly like the way it was presented you'd think he was just like talking in his mind because we we always get a lot <laughs> of like monologues thought. here yeah and then <laughs> it just zooms out and they heard it too and you're like oh man he's really not on his a-game he's kind of being careless and because he's, he's just really he's too amped up man you don't see Conan making these kind of, well, he's like kind of messy with his speech sometimes, but you don't see him like being this careless and this like rough with people. Like the way he interacted with that cashier, you know, it's very different from how he usually is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're onto something.
0: Since the black organization might be involved, he doesn't want the kids involved in such a dangerous case. So he runs up to the man saying that he dropped a 1,000 yen bill, and the man quickly snatches it from him, not knowing that Conan put a tracking device on it. Conan then tells the kids to go home and that he has to go somewhere first. However, he starts tracking down the transmitter instead on his glasses. We don't really see his glasses used as often as you probably would think. I think he would, no. like, use them more.
1: Uh, they're pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, they're super cool. Um, I think... Like they probably come in handy for the movies, especially if they have like an espionage, like the movie has an espionage theme to it. But yeah, like just sort of the average episode, um, probably doesn't come in handy. Like probably for the kidnap ones, I, I can see him using that more.
0: And we're getting like into a place technology wise where we're we're starting to see glasses like this. We're seeing like smart glasses and stuff. Uh, earlier today, I was writing an article about these uh, glasses that are being made for jogging. And then, like, it has like a person's route like programmed into it. And then it like, so if you're jogging by yourself, you can have like a ghost there. Not a ghost, not like a creepy, spooky ghost, but just like a a fake human there <laughs> running alongside you, so you can try to match their time and kind of you know motivate you to uh, run faster. So we're we're definitely oh. getting to where like we're getting some interesting like augmented reality. Uh, glasses that are wearable and aren't super suspicious so we might be able to do this stuff soon which is cool.
1: I hope we can uh, see this is where my mind goes to like the average person's like yeah I want this to increase my athleticism or improve my uh, speed or whatnot. Um, I'm thinking if I had glasses that I could watch like shows on while I'm taking a walk that'd be great. It would save a lot of time for me.
0: So you just want to you just want to watch Detective Conan while you're walking. <laughs> You'd run into so much stuff.
1: Well, I mean, I, I there's not a lot of stuff where where I am. Like when I take my dog for a walk, or I listen to music anyway. So, yeah, I could watch Detective Conan instead. Hopefully the cars wouldn't right. hit me. <laughs> Anyways, whoever's making those glasses. Fingers
0: crossed. <laughs> Sadly for Conan, it winds up that the man used the 1,000 yen bill to buy a 110 yen Can of coffee at a newsstand. The employee at the newsstand says that he used a nearby payphone and talked until he used all the change up. It's revealed that he mostly received 100 yen coins, but he also got a 500 yen coin since they were short on change. Conan then does some math and says that he had at least 610 yen in small coins that he could have used, so it might have been a long distance call for it to cost that much. A janitor then walks up to Conan and asks if he knows the man because he left behind a 50 yen coin that he got from change when he bought a Toto line ticket and he asks Conan to give it to the man. <laughs> I like, I like how like kids aren't supposed to talk to strangers and this janitor's just like,
1: Hey, can you give this man his change?
0: <laughs> this very creepy guy that looks like he's definitely a criminal.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of nice that the janitor just didn't keep the, The money for himself, but yeah, I feel like uh, because Conan still thinks of himself as the seventeen-year-old, like that doesn't like he has no concept of stranger danger. But but then again, neither do the detective boys. Um, But I love this whole sequence with the newsstand lady and the janitor. Like I (laughs) I kind of want them to become side characters, and like whenever Conan needs advice or like needs to get clues on something, he can go ask them because. Like, they're super observant and they remember details like no, it's nobody's business. So I feel like they'd be a real asset to Conan.
0: Yeah, like, I worked at a gas station for a bit and, like, I n- I could never tell you what somebody paid with. Like, why would I remember that stuff?
1: That's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's just, like, those small, finite details that, you know, people like Conan and Sherlock Holmes would remember. But, hey, you've got this, these two...
0: You don't need Sherlock Holmes when you have the janitor and the newsstand lady.
1: Exactly. So, go show Yammer, write Rate them in.
0: Conan asks the janitor what ticket the man bought, and while he's not sure, he knows that he used a 500 yen coin, and he got a bunch of change back. Conan then looks at the options and believes it's the 320 yen option, as he would have gotten five coins back. I hated this whole scene with, like, all the math and oh. coin stuff. <laughs> it was like a bad Professor Layton puzzle. It just wasn't, it didn't seem fun to solve. And it seems like you could be wrong very easily. Because he's like, oh, he said a bunch of coins. That must mean he must have had over six. And it's like, (laughs) I don't know. It could have been just four. Yeah. (laughs)
1: This
0: seems like a really inspecific guess, really. (laughs) But okay.
1: No, okay. Now that you mentioned Professor Lean, like, I can definitely see the comparison. I didn't mind it so much. I didn't really, I wasn't like testing Conan's math skills or anything. I'm like, all right, if he if that's right then that's right. I think what I liked about this part was um how he was he managed to make a correlation between, you know, calculating the coins and figuring out where the guy went.
0: Yeah, C- kind of then heads towards the Daitoma station. He arrives there, but nobody there recalls the guy cuz why the hell would they? They're not weirdos <laughs> like that janitor and <laughs> the newsstand lady.
1: Hey, one person's weirdo is another person's to- Sherlock.
0: Yeah, Sherlock's a weirdo, too. (laughs) Kenning goes to a real estate company, and he asks this businessman if he lent out a warehouse at the edge of the city, because that's where a counterfeit operation could be. He says that they haven't lent any warehouses lately. And then he tells him to take his friends with him as he's just bothering him. And that's when Kenan looks behind him and he sees that all the detective boys have followed him the entire time.
1: <laughs> this is so cute because, of course, you've got Ayumi, Mitsuhiko, and Genta pressed up against the glass, and, like wearing these suspicious looks on their faces. And then uh, Haibara and then I don't know what the kid's name is. They're just like sort of along for the ride. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they tell him that they're not going to fall for Conan's tricks, and Hybera helped them follow him. Nakata asked the real estate agent if any novelist lives nearby, as his brother called home once after he disappeared. But his grandmother, who is hard of hearing, picked up the phone. She couldn't fully understand him, and only said that he was with a bunch of people like Saseki, who was a novelist. It's then revealed that the brother's voice was quivering through the call that he hung up midway through which Conan believes means that he tried to secretly call and had to hang up. real estate agent tells him that the owner of a bookstore lives around the corner and suggests they talk to him, as his nickname is the 1,000 Yen Bill. <laughs> what a weird nickname.
1: Well, there's 50 Cent, but that's not a nickname, but you know what I'm getting at.
0: That's a cool name. It's not the 1,000 <laughs> Yen Bill. So, the, the boys all just go and bug this bookstore owner who immediately takes offense at the nickname and he kicks out the kids. And he, he goes on this rant. He says, Ah, I'm not cheap. It's a second You should be on the 10,000 yen bill.
1: So, ah. he's just angry about not being called the 10,000 yen bill guy.
0: Cannon says the bookstore likely has nothing to do with the crime. As there weren't any machines used for counterfeit money in its storage room, so it kind of was just sneaking around the entire time while this chaos was happening. Uh, the real estate agent then remembers that the newspaper company just put in a new printer, and says it's right by the police station. I, I like the the real estate guy because he, he initially is like, Ah, come on, kids, I don't have anything better to do. But then he's like, He just kind of goes along for the ride for a little bit, and he's like, Ah, screw it, I'm not gonna. I'll get paid for like just <laughs> joking like- around with these kids instead.
1: It's not like he was doing anything else at the time.
0: He says that the president of the company is a woman that always dresses in black and wears a wide hat, but they don't print counterfeit money, as nobody would do that right next to the police station. Come on, guys. Let me no. just leave.
1: <laughs> okay, bye. Sure, Tori's dad.
0: Cameron recites a famous Soseki quote saying Rinse thy mouth with rocks and pillow thy head upon the flow. <laughs>
1: Oh, like, such a well-known saying.
0: Thank you, Conan. It refers to being eccentric, and while normally somebody would want to be at the edge of the city, they're doing the opposite, they're hiding in plain sight, and his brother was trying to tell them that. His brother's really shitty with hints.
1: (laughs) I would never have gotten that at all. Like, I can get the, oh, okay, maybe there are other novelists, but, like, they were supposed to figure out that he was talking about this famous quote from Soseki, and then that would mean that, oh, look for eccentric people who do, like, the opposite of what they're supposed to do. Like, just say, like,
0: newspaper, please do. <laughs> okay, thanks.
1: That's right. Or maybe, was he doing it for the grandmother? Because she would probably know Yeah, those famous lines.
0: I don't know. Well, people aren't that lame <laughs> to know. Rinse thy mouth with rocks and pillow thy head upon the flow.
1: Put that on a shirt and wear it.
0: Conan and the kids talk to the police, but they laugh off the suggestion, saying they've watched too many movies. Conan then tells the kids not to leave the spot and then runs off. And Kenta then says, if we get told not to move, then we want to move more. So uh, his (laughs) suggestion did not work. If anything, it did the opposite.
1: He should try uh, reverse psychology one of these days.
0: Conan then uses the payphone to call Meguri about the situation as he's posing as Shinichi. While doing this, we see that Ginta and the rest of the kids enter the newspaper building looking for evidence. Ginta opens the office door, but he finds no machinery, just empty desks. However, High finds many types of ink and says that they were testing. We then see the mysterious man from earlier get punched by the woman in black, who says that the bills are a prototype without a watermark and that he wasn't supposed to use it. She asks if he got the ink. And he says that this is the best kind for watermarks. Another man then notices the kid's on a security camera. And Nakata's brother just blurts out his younger brother's name. So he immediate, they're immediately like, what, you brought him here, you dumbass should And they punch him?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really just a
0: dumb call. <laughs> like, keep your mouth shut, bro. I
1: don't know. I guess, you know, tensions were high and he was just worried or whatnot. But, yeah. I mean, this guy, we already know this guy's isn't great with this whole, like, trying to keep a cool thing. And his clues suck.
0: Yeah, clearly. The woman says it's cute that uh, his younger brother came looking for him, and then she pulls out a gun. <laughs> uh, Kenan then arrives back at the police station and learns that they all entered the newspaper company. He then runs in, hoping that they're okay, and he's fearing that they're with the men in black, so... This might be the end of the detective boys here, calling.
1: Well, then it's a good thing that Kyle didn't watch the episode.
0: Yeah, they were. So, if Kyle's listening, they all got shot, and that was the end.
1: Bye, so and remember.
0: Everybody <laughs> dead. Uh, instead, it cuts to Jin and Vodka talking on the phone. They talk about a woman that's missing, and they don't know how she disappeared. Jin says, if our existence get revealed from her mouth, then it won't be good. He's smoking a cigarette, just being a cool guy. Because he he's cool. Of course, I won't care if she's dead or alive. Oh, Jin's such a boss. So we get our, our bad boy moment there. So what you did you think that the, this woman was part of the Men in Black the entire time? What were you thinking?
1: Um, Let's see. I'm trying to go back to my original thought. Yeah, I think so. I didn't have any reason not to think she was part of the Black organization. I mean, I laugh at the the deduction now that oh they're wearing black so that that means they must be part of it but yeah i think at this point uh i would have thought that uh you know uh, it's as the show was telling us
0: you then get a dramatic recap of what's going on that features an announcer it's very out of place
1: i know (laughs) you
0: never get like an announcer guy
1: and i didn't recognize the guy's voice
0: yeah it's very strange and it's not like we're Like, at the midway point of the special or anything, we're, like, three-fourths of the way through the first, like, part. Like, it's not- we're not even after the first case. It was a very weird part for, like, a summary.
1: Yeah, so was that- I guess it was just, like, right after a commercial break?
0: I guess. It was just really weird. Like, it made no sense- like, we never get an announcer guy, too. Like, this was just odd. Conan then runs into the newspaper room and he hears the kids. say so he's relieved that they're safe. Just as he's about to open the door, a man approaches him from behind with a gun and says that his detective game has come to an end. Mitsuhiko then finds a bunch of ten thousand yen bills that are missing. Fukuzawa Yukichi's left eye. What do you think about these bills that are just missing an eyeball? Which is really like an oddly specific thing to be missing.
1: I know it's the. Why would you like even print detail. them? Yeah,
0: if you're missing it.
1: No, that's a good point. And I didn't get the the thing, I don't even know what to call it, like a metaphor, I don't know, she says this other thing, like, at the end, about the left eye, and I was like, okay, whatever, I'm just gonna pass over this part.
0: Yeah, the woman enters and she explains that they'll put both eyes in once their wish comes true. What's
1: their wish? Like, so the guy's arm heals? Well, I, mean, I think the wish was like...
0: For them to have the perfect replicas, but the reason why they're not perfect is because you don't have the eyeball. So just put the eyeball in, and your wish comes true with the eyeball. Yeah. I mean, no sense. No sense. She then brings out the older brother, and a man grabs Nakata. The older brother tells him not to hurt the kids, or he won't cooperate. And she says she'll leave his sibling until the end. She says she's going to speed up his work by killing the kids off one by one. And Ayumi cries out for Conan. The lady reveals that they already found the kid with glasses hanging around the stairs, and that he's already dead. Conan died. R.I.P.
1: Oh, well, that's a shame.
0: Mitsuhiko says it's a lie, as there's only one entrance and exit for the building.
1: (laughs) I just thought, it's now the Genta show. (laughs) Because he's, like, Conan was Genta's apprentice. (laughs) Detective Genta.
0: Hell yeah. The lady says that they saw their movements from a security camera and that they used an emergency Mm -hmm. exit to go outside. A gun gets pointed out at Yumi and she's told that she'll reunite with Conan. That's when an object goes flying and hits the gun out of her hands. Conan then appears and says that the reason Yukichi's eye is missing is because the artist got hurt. He says the bearded man with his arm in the sling is the real artist. And his injury forced them to use the older brother instead. Their plan was to use them in machines and turn the fake money into real bills that way. Alchemy. And they were going to run away to a new location. What do you think about this mastermind plan?
1: You know, I thought it would be more clever than that. But it just feels like, you know, anybody can kind of do that, I suppose, if they were able to replicate the bills well enough. I don't know. Yeah,
0: these people are kind of dorks. <laughs> they don't seem as cool as the uh, black organization. Yeah.
1: So is this sort of what tipped you off? Or did you, like... Did you not buy in that uh, they were part of the Black Organization from the beginning?
0: Yeah, they they just seemed unusually sloppy. Like, when the guy got himself tailed by Conan, I was like, this doesn't seem up to par with the Black Organization. So, having that – because I couldn't remember what was what with this case, but that kind of made me think it wasn't actually the Black Organization, just from, like – he didn't seem cool enough, first off, and – I couldn't remember any of these people clearly, so I was, I was like, this must be another just red herring mm-hmm. or whatever. The woman asks who the hell Conan is, and he introduces himself as a my tante, <laughs> he Then says that he knocked out the fat man with a tranquilizer, and that he used his gun to hit her earlier, he then kicks two buckets at the two other men there. The woman dives at her gun on the floor, however, Hibera picks it up, and then she aims it at her, and she shoots she winds up hitting a window, which alerts the police right outside Finally. the hell a gunshot. Conan and the rest of the kids are in awe of her shooting the gun, and the police then arrive shortly afterwards. What do you think about this dramatic scene here?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was pre-action-packed. Um, I was a little taken aback by the, uh, well, first of all, Conan kicking the cans, because it kind of... I don't know how he managed to kick them both at the same time because they were sort of, um, they're parallel to each other. So I'm like, I don't know how he managed to do that, but okay. And then with Hybar and the gun, it's just like, all right, the stakes have been raised.
0: That's called skill, Colleen. You should uh, get some. <laughs> just, of
1: it. I'm sorry. Can I buy that somewhere? Like, how how does one acquire skill? Well, you know,
0: uh, you're either born with it or you're not. I have plenty of it, so.
1: Yeah, that's why we balance each other out. Wish
0: I could give some to you. (laughs) The kids celebrate finding Nakata's brother, and the police are shocked at the scene they walk into, because there's all these dudes knocked out, and then there's a gun on the floor. Genta, just the little (laughs) bastard he is, he ironically thanks them for their hard work and says, you've done it, you've solved the case. I think Kyle would be proud. They show off the fake bills to them, and Ayumi explains the kidnapping as well. If you leave things to the detective boys, we'll solve it for you right away, the kids say together. They even have a catchphrase going.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know they're professional.
0: 20 minutes later, Inspector Meguri arrives, and Kenan tells the woman to confess about the organization she works for. However, she's like, what the hell are you talking about, kid? (laughs) He was
1: so confident, too.
0: Yeah, and he's like, I know about you and Jen and vodka. and she's like, I stopped drinking quite a <laughs> while ago, kid. <laughs> uh Megary asks Conan what he's talking about. Is this woman is a known counterfeit moneymaker nicknamed the Silver Fox. I really wish I was a cool criminal and I had like a criminal nickname. That seems like the the coolest thing.
1: Yeah. Like uh cat burglars or things like that. Like, people who...
0: What would your criminal nickname be?
1: I've never really thought about it before. The Scarlet Caper.
0: Oh, there
1: we go. See, I thought about it just now. <laughs>
0: for somebody that never thought about it, you sure had an answer quickly. <laughs> I feel like you have thought about this a lot.
1: Yeah, I just gave away my alias.
0: Uh-oh. Conan's disappointed at the turn of events, and Megary is shocked when he finds out that Highbearer shot the gun. He yells at her for being reckless, and she starts to cry, which makes him apologize. And uh, Conan's completely fooled. He's like, wow, well, I guess a girl will just be a girl.
1: What a chauvinistic
0: pig. So what do you think about this turn of events? What do you think about uh, High Bear's actions here, shooting a gun?
1: Yeah, so it definitely adds to the whole um, persona that she, she was giving off at the beginning. Like, you know, we went from, you know, this kind of cool, mysterious person, didn't talk too much, and then, like, throughout the case, she would drop little pieces of knowledge or intelligence about things and like uh and then at the very end she shows us kind of more the action side so i can see like they're uh slowly trying to introduce us to this idea that she might have been part of something bigger like she's not your average six or seven year old girl uh so that aspect of it was pretty cool the case itself I, I i appreciated how the episode started with the detective boys. I thought it was a good introduction for Hibera to be in a school setting and then it escalated from there but uh I definitely thought that the point was to then um it more to like an actual core mystery with the black organization, but they kind of just gave us a whole red herring um so the the bulk of like the trick or not the trick, but it was like kind of the Deduction part from Conan was the whole money thing, and other than that, you just get kind of like pure action at the end and like kidnapping sort of uh that sort of like scene of uh getting the kidnappers and getting the hostage and whatnot,
0: yeah, I thought it was a good introduction to her character. We get a, a, a nice little tease of like, oh, there's definitely something more to this girl with like how she handled the gun um. So you're definitely left curious. Hibera is still crying as they return home, and Conan says goodbye once they arrive on her street. She then immediately changes her tone and says apotoxin 4869. She says that's the drug that Conan was forced to take by the organization, and that she's the creator. She says that she's the same as him, and that the drug has a unique side effect that returns them to the state of a kindergartner. So this is quite the reveal, Colleen good lord
1: yeah no kidding like how many 129 episodes and now we find this out
0: she says that her name isn't hibera and that her code name is sherry before revealing that she knows he's shinichi kudo oh my god is shocked obviously and she says that he's out of time as she lives at 22 baker street which is where professor gasa lives he tries to call him but the phone is busy She says it's pointless as the receiver isn't set down and he can no longer answer because he's not in this world anymore. Conan asks what she did to Agasa and she asks if he'd be troubled if he disappeared. She mentions all the gadgets made by him and says that Agasa is the only reason that Conan can be a detective in his current state. Conan asks if that's why she killed him and she tells him to go find out for himself. He runs into Agasa's house and wonders if the other members of the the black organization are there. He opens the gate, and he looks inside the house, but he doesn't see anybody. He finds coffee on the counter, and everything looks normal. He yells out for Agasa, and then he hears the toilet flush, and Agasa walks out. So he just took a shit.
1: (laughs) He needed some help there.
0: Kind of shocked to see him alive, and Agasa's like, "Uh, Hi, Shinichi, do you need anything?
1: (laughs) Okay, so what do you think was her reason to do this? I think partially
0: it's like a power dynamic. It's saying... I know that I can manipulate you. I want to see your reaction for like fun. I want to torment you some. I want to see anguish of you. Cause, you know, we learn at the end of this episode that she's very shaken up by the death of her sister. So she has some resentment towards Conan for sure at this point. So I feel like she's, she's testing him a bit. And if she can make him uncomfortable, She's going to enjoy that because in her eyes, he failed in protecting her sister. And, you know, she has a grudge against him for that. So I think there's a little little bit of a rivalry. A little, She wanted to get a rise out of him and play with his emotions. What about you?
1: No, I, I totally agree. Like, everything that you mentioned is exactly what I thought. Although I would like to alter, um, offer an alternative in that, like, I so wanted Agasa to be in on this ploy. Um and like that he was doing it because like he had a grudge like that his last appearance was twenty three episodes episodes ago in the show. So
0: is that an exact number? Because we haven't seen him in forever.
1: Yeah, I looked it up earlier. It's like if I'm gonna make this bit, this joke, then I wanna make have the right numbers. So yeah, because I feel I feel like we haven't seen him in a long time, and twenty three episodes is like that's practically a season in the conan world
0: i mean most animes don't even last 23 episodes <laughs> yeah we haven't seen them in quite a bit it cuts to the next scene and agasa's just laughing after talking to shinichi and he says that he's been getting into computer messaging and that blocked the phone line Hibari then says that she's home and agasa greets her and asks how school was she said that she was able to have a lot of fun Agasa says Conan was careless by not knowing where he lives and his address. Conan says he's never sent Agasa anything because he lives next door. And then he asks who Hybera is. Agasa explains that she was with the men in black and took the same drug as them. They came up with the name Hybera I by looking at the names of some famous female detectives and combined with Cordelia's Gray's Grey and VI Ostrovsky's I to make Hybera I. Conan then loses his patience and demands to know why a woman from the black organization is in Agasa's house. Hibera answers and says Agasa took her in after he found her lying on the ground in front of Shinichi's house. That part's kind of interesting because, you know, obviously when uh, Shinichi first shows up, he's kind of like, he gets to his house and passes out until he's found by Agasa. So there's like some symmetry there.
1: Yeah, definitely mirroring things. And it's interesting that uh, despite... You know, that um, explanation that you gave us earlier about how how Haibara um, does sort of hold a grudge against Shinichi or Conan or whatever, but yet she still sought him out. So I thought that was pretty uh, intriguing.
0: Haibara says that the organization went to his house twice to investigate as his death wasn't confirmed. She went as well, but since there's dust all over with no trace of anybody living there, they began to think that he died. However, she then realized something disturbing the second visit. As in his one closed drawer, there used to be kid clothes, but when they went there the second time, they were gone. Hibera says that during animal testing, one mouse shrunk, so she knew that there was a possibility that there could have been something here, and that kind of tipped her off there. However, she never reported that to the organization, and she changed his data to say his death was confirmed instead. So I thought that was very interesting, just knowing that They were so they were suspicious enough about Shinichi that they broke in without him knowing, and that they even noticed him taking out some kids' clothes. So yeah, that could have ended poorly for him.
1: Yeah, so this whole sequence about how like the black organization actually had a file on Shinichi and he's like listed on a whole like he's listed amongst other names. It kind of and I'm just talking out loud now I actually didn't even check to look back in the first episode but wasn't wasn't he given the drug because he um he overheard or he like l- saw their their little their deal happening at the amusement park and then they noticed him so yeah. it felt a lot more spontaneous at the time when the first episode was airing but now it kind of seems like they're adding this backstory of like oh they like the black organization kind of knew about shinichi unless they added his name after the fact so maybe that's
0: i think i think they added him after okay. the fact. i don't think they're trying to say that it was a targeted attack or anything i think just after you know they probably could have figured out easy enough who was at the park from the police records and shinichi is pretty boisterous and He likes to brag about him being a teenage detective, so they probably didn't have that much questions about who they poisoned, Mm -hmm. you know? So I feel like that was just after the fact, and then they wanted to confirm the death. Because they don't half-ass it like those counterfeiters. (laughs) They're going to do shit right in the black organization.
1: No fake black organization here. No gray organization.
0: Ibera tells Shinichi that that he interested her quite a bit, so she let him live. However, Hibera says that once the organization realized that the person that betrayed them read the data, that they might start questioning his death again. She says that she disliked that the organization used her experimental drug, and that her older sister was killed by them. They refused to tell her why, and she stopped development of the drug as a protest. She was taken captive, and she took a APTX-4869 capsule that she hit on herself. Instead of dying, she shrunk in size. It was able to escape the handcuffs that was on, and she left via a laundry chute, which is such a funny way to escape.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you've got that uh, advantage, like the size advantage, then go for it. It must have been really fun. Of course, they weren't going to show us that clip, because Hibara can't be seen having fun.
0: She had hoped to find Shinichi as he would understand her, and that's when Karen shoots back. He says, how do you expect me to understand someone who is developing a drug to kill other human beings? (laughs) Uh, Agasa tries to calm him and Hybera says she never meant to create a poison Agasa then says that she's not part of the organization anymore and that she can help make an antidote Hibera says that all of the drug's data is in the lab and that she doesn't remember everything she then shows Conan a newspaper article about the lab being destroyed in a fire Hybera says that the black organization is likely doing everything they can to find her and if they keep using the drug then they'll eventually find out that it makes people shrink Since they know what she looked like as a kid, she fears that they will find her. She then asks Conan if he'll get rid of her, a bothersome girl that developed the drug that was involved in murder and is being pursued by the organization. Conan then calls her an idiot and says that if they found out about her, then they'd be finding out about him as well. He tells Agasa that she's going to stay being an elementary school student with him for now because she'd be even more bothersome somewhere else. Hibera says that he's a kind person and Agasa asks about her parents. She says that they were members of the organization as well but died in an accident after she was born. So we're getting quite the info dump on her, but I guess it's kind of necessary just to have this background. What what do you think about her story so far just being being involved with this organization her entire life? Yeah,
1: um it's definitely surprising and they go into it a little bit later given that the sister had like a different experience altogether and uh, like how Hybar was basically raised through the organization you think like she would have a little bit more of their mentality and maybe that's when you start to question like okay is she being genuine right now or is this some sort of like sick game that she's playing Um, because if she was like raised by the organization you'd think that she would have some sense of loyalty to them um i mean i've kind of felt bad for her um i mean it would probably be hard to leave the organization or not or and whatnot but the whole part where she's like i didn't know i was developing a poison like what did you think you were developing like i don't know what she thought like which she maybe brainwashed into thinking okay the organization is actually doing good here and we're developing you know medicine or something but yeah so that part of it i didn't buy but the rest of it you know how her family was part of it and whatnot like yes it's info dumpy but at the same time like i would probably prefer to know right off the bat what we're dealing with here rather than slowly getting introduced like episode by episode
0: so like we're 1000 chapters into the manga and we, we still don't have all the answers to the history of the drug but uh we do learn some more stuff about it like going forward so we'll learn more about its history and how it came to be what it's uh what it was meant to be somewhat so uh, all
1: right good to know
0: so I, I i i'm just gonna say i believe that she wasn't trying to murder people so at the very least Hibera then says that she was sent to America for schooling on the order of the organization, but her sister lived in Japan and had a casual life. However, she began getting involved to help Hybera escape it. She then remembers that her sister sent her a few floppy disks with travel photos on it, and that she looked at them once and then sent them back. Shortly afterward, a floppy disk with the drug's data went missing, and she couldn't find it. Conan puts it together and says there's a possibility that one of the discs she sent back was the drug's data. Habera says her sister's apartment has already been destroyed, but the floppy disc belonged to the university professor she went on the trip with, Nanyu University's Hirota Masami. She doesn't know where he lives, but Agasa calls the university to get in touch. It's cool, he actually like calls the operator. Did you
1: ever call an operator?
0: I feel like that was before our times. No,
1: I've never... I've never done that. I mean, it kind of is interesting to see that in movies, but I've never experienced it.
0: We learned that Hibera's sister's name is Miyano Akimi, who we should know that name. <laughs> you
1: yeah, know? well, the other name's also uh, ringing a bell.
0: Yeah, and it just happened one episode <laughs> ago, but uh, Conan's, not, and Conan's like just sitting there with a smile the entire <laughs> time. He doesn't have a clue. And the professor mentions that there was a strange floppy disk mixed in with them, Agasa asks if he can come over to retrieve it, and Masami agrees, but he says he has a couple guests coming over that he has to see first, so they'll meet him in three hours. Conan then calls Ron and tells her that he's staying over at Agasa's house tonight, and we see Koguro completely passed out. That's his one <laughs> and only appearance during this two hour special. So good. He made the, the most out of his minimal screen time.
1: Like, that's the best characterization you could give uh, Koguro. They're like, okay, we we only have five seconds to show this guy, what are we going to show him doing? Either drinking or sleeping. So, And it ties yep. into his uh, title, Sleeping Kogro. So yeah, I think that was like yep. a brilliant move.
0: He says that Agasa made a game for him, that he's going to go play it, and he hangs up. Hibera remarks at how good Conan is at pretending to be a kid, and he says it's nothing compared to her fake tears. Which,
1: she was pretty good at crying.
0: Can you cry on command, Colleen? Can you pretend to bawl?
1: Um... Yeah, uh, sometimes it's not gonna come through right now so <laughs> i'm not even gonna try okay.
0: gasa and the children drive to shizuoka and conan tells him not to let his guard down around Hybera, as he doesn't trust her as she won't tell them her real name or age although on screen they never ask that <laughs> stuff so i don't think i don't know maybe she is keeping a secret but it wasn't really shown on TV, so it's kind of odd to hear well, him say that. Well, while
1: she was giving and, uh, her info dump history, she should have said her real name, obviously.
0: Karen then says he's heard the name Hirota Masami before. And it's like, bro.
1: Yeah, you heard it yesterday.
0: <laughs> Once they arrive, the three of them are greeted by Masami's wife, Toshiko Hirota. She says that the guests already left and that they were some of her husband's students. She knocks on the door, but gets no answer, and the door is locked. How strange. Conan jumps up and he sees a through a small window at the top by the ceiling, and he notices Hirota in a pool of blood under a bookshelf. and That Can can't be good. Also,
1: take a moment to appreciate how Conan, like how far Conan had to jump up to get to that window.
0: <laughs> he has a better vertical than Michael Jordan. My God, and
1: like he wasn't wearing his powered-up shoes, so it can't have been that.
0: Yeah, it was quite the jump. Uh, the wife says there isn't a spare key, so Agasa and Conan break down the door. This is like <laughs> this is like two plots <laughs> took them like eight times.
1: Like I don't know what they were like. Were they just trying to kill time at this point? Like oh, we need you know an extra ten seconds.
0: It might have been, man, because this is just like it just makes them look really bad at like hitting this door. I understand it's like. An old professor that's out of shape and this little kid. So it's not going to be the easiest thing. But it just kept going on. Oh, don't let me
1: guess I hear you call him old. At the-
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm only 61. <laughs>
1: it's like, a grandpa.
0: I'm not a grandpa. <laughs> so she screams at, at in horror after they find her husband's dead body. So we have our first murder. Been a while.
1: Yeah, it's been a whole hour.
0: So instead of Meguri, we get to see Officer Sango Yokomizo, who's called to the scene.
1: We haven't Uh, seen him. How
0: do you you like this guy?
1: I I really enjoy him. I think he's competent, but and he's like (laughs) he's like the perfect balance of um, just like he does a straight face the entire time. He doesn't really joke around, but he's somehow able to be funny as well. And I love that he's a Kogoro fanboy.
0: It had been so long since we last saw him that I had to look it up and see if this was his debut or not, but he has appeared before this. I'm not sure how far you are in the anime, but have you met? Did did you know that he has a brother? a
1: twin brother. He doesn't have the hair though, right? Yeah, they look a bit different. Like, that guy's um, introduction is also a really good episode. I think it was the Chinese restaurant one, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yokomizo believes that the death was an accident after the man tried to reach something at the top of the bookshelf. While he's falling, he hit his head on an ornament that delivered the fatal blow. Since the window and door are locked, and the only key was found under a notebook on the floor, it's another locked room case. So your favorite. You know what? To be fair, they actually locked the damn room this time compared to yeah, last time, where it was never locked. Lock.
1: There, like, there's so many uh, fake locked room doors, and the
0: answer wasn't like bees. <laughs> oh, the bees locked the door. <laughs> Conan says it might be a murder made up to look like an accident. He mentions a phone on the floor, which is turned upside down and is covered by a book. And he asks why the receiver isn't knocked off. He believes it was done after somebody messed up the room. This convinces Yokomizo to treat it as a murder case. And he asks who all saw Hirota earlier. I like how Yokomizo is just so easily, like, swayed. we will just go along with whatever Well, yeah, so said. his
1: first thing is like, oh, you're the kid that was with Kogoro." Okay, like, let's go.
0: I'll take every word as gospel, because yeah, you know the sleeping kogro Agasa explains his alibi and says he was there to retrieve a floppy disk that is probably by the computer, which Hybera is already on and typing away at. She says that all the floppies are gone, as the killer must have stolen them. She also says the data inside the computer has been deleted as well. Agasa tells Hibara that she can't touch the computer and tells the officer that no one is stupid enough to bring kids to murder, <laughs> and uh, that gets him off s- suspicion. I feel like that's not true, though. Somebody's definitely bringing kids to murder uh, at, one, Kogo at and point. Ron? <laughs> I mean, like, somebody committing murder. I feel like that will happen if we haven't already seen it. So, Oh, I hope so. Let's keep that Variety. in mind. Conan asks Hybarra if it's possible that the black organization stole the floppy, and she says that it is. Conan decides to see who visited the professor before jumping to conclusions, though. Turns out that the wife was at a neighborhood meeting from 8 to 11 p.m., so she never saw the guest that visited her husband other than the first one, a man named Hasoya, that was a student of Hirota. Conan then notices that there's a message on the fan's answering machine, and that there's actually 13 calls in total. God, when I see, like, five emails on my, like, like, MacBook, I start getting anxiety. (laughs) Yeah. So I can't even imagine having to listen to 13 voicemails. I'd be like, who died?
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. And then, like, all of these, like, I think it was 10 of them were from the same guy, too. So it's not even, like, r- these random, you know, stores or telemarketers or whatnot.
0: The first is from Shurikura, who confirms a meeting with Hirota that night. The wife says he's a young man, and Kenny kind of notices that the sound in the tape flies off from place to place. The second message is from Morioka, another student, who asks what time he should come over. As they're talking about them, Akira Shirakura arrives and learns of the murder. The twelfth message has Shirakura saying that it will come over today instead of tomorrow. And in total, there are ten calls from Shirakura, two from Morioka. And Yokomizo asks why Shirakura called that many times, and he says it was due to Hirota not picking up. Because obviously, if you call somebody seven times... I gotta pick up that eighth
1: He's don't. using parent logic here. Like, my parents and my grandparents do this, where if I don't pick up, they'll just keep calling.
0: Are you there Colleen? Are you just ignoring your parents' calls?
1: No, I'm legitimately away from the phone. It's not me ignoring them at all.
0: Do your Does your grandma listen to this podcast? Is that why you're clearly lying here? Oh, definitely here? not.
1: <laughs> she doesn't listen.
0: The 13th message is played, and it's from the Black X Insurance Company... And a guy's asking for some of his time. Conan notices that the voice is slightly altered by a machine and believes the voice is one of the men in black. This is confirmed by Haibara, who says it's Vodka, because Jin isn't going to do something this worthless. No,
1: because Jen's a boss. Also, I find it interesting that Haibara knows Vodka's voice, which makes me think... Like, at this point, where Like, Sherry's the third black organization member that we've been introduced to, but... At some point, you wonder, like, okay, how many are there, and would all of them know each other so well that you would be able to recognize their voices?
0: Yeah, that definitely is weird. That like, even just by the cadence, she knows it's him. But I guess like, you know, Hyber is not your normal person. She's very observative, and I guess that's just something she picked up on. Like, like Conan, she's you know, she, like the the guy at the news, like the woman at the newsstand, <laughs> and the janitor. They're just very observant people. Oh, legends. Conan tells Agasa that this means the black organization didn't commit the crime, as they wouldn't leave a voice recording at the scene. Aibara agrees and says the message was meant to get Hirota off guard, and says that they must be nervous now that they can't retrieve it. Hisoya and Morioka then arrive and are surprised to hear about the murder. Hisoya says that his daughter is going to Nanyu University, so he wanted to ask for a letter of recommendation, But since uh, the teacher appeared to be drunk, he went home and decided to ask some other day. Well, you're definitely not getting that letter now, bro.
1: So she won't go to university. She'll end up a bum on the street. All because of this murder.
0: The wife confirms that he had been drinking that day. And Morioka says that he came to play chess, but they hadn't decided on a time. He called twice and received no answer, so he came over to see what happened. He says that he arrived at 9.30 p.m., but nobody arrived at the front door, but it was unlocked. So he then came inside, and he just assumed that Herida fell asleep early, but he got no reply when he knocked on the study door. He then left, and that's when Agasa arrived nine minutes later. Okay, this might
1: just be me, but the fact that they're arriving so late at night, and they're pretty much having this conversation now at midnight. Like, the, the fact that Agasa and the kids had to drive, whatever it was, two or three hours. Three hours, to yeah. To get to the guy's house. Like, it all just seemed, un- like, really um not plausible to me. I mean, I don't have people over after 9 p.m. necessarily. I mean...
0: <laughs> oh, you don't have people over at 10 p.m. to play chess? <laughs> That's
1: not something I do. Maybe other people do so like you know live your life
0: <laughs> also they're old it's an old university dude old people get a bed at like 7 yeah, p.m So, like what, that what are you doing up so late drinking obviously yokamizo asks why shirikura arrived and he says that he's a model and that he received an offer from a magazine that wanted to do a feature on him he remembered a photo that he took with hiroto where he was dressed up as a woman and wanted to borrow the floppy disk that has it the wife says that he has mini discs that had everything from pictures to exams and chess records on it.
1: The important stuff.
0: What a weird, what a weird, like, picture to want to showcase. Like, oh yeah, here's me in drag.
1: Yeah. I mean, either this that, either that this guy odd. was totally clueless or he was, like, wake for his time. Because that's the one that he's not embarrassed about. But he's embarrassed about the other one where, you know, he... Just has, like, some acne or something.
0: Dokamiza says that must have been the motive for the murder, and mentions that had Hosoya gotten his hand on the entrance exam, then his daughter could have been accepted by the school, for sure. He denies doing such a thing and says that somebody else might have come, and that Hiroda could have even took the floppies to the university. Shurikura says the room was locked as well, and the key was there, so it's impossible for any of them to have done it. Conan is bothered that there's so many books scattered on the floor, but only the notebook that had the key underneath it, is in between the door and the phone. He also mentions the loose tape on the answering machine as something that's just not sitting right with him. Did you have any uh, solutions in your mind about how the locked room murder case was done? So I
1: remembered uh, this case, this part of the episode pretty well. Uh, so I knew who had done it, and I know how. Um, so yeah, I was pretty much set there. Uh, I, I was still like, it's still a neat trick and whatnot but uh, from an objective perspective I was definitely sensing that the writers were um, gearing the audience towards certain people like you've got okay, out of the three suspects you've basically got like the aggressive one and then the one who kind of seems suspicious with all the like university uh, exams or whatnot and then like the quiet one who wasn't really saying much Um, and then I don't know I guess it was just like which one of those personalities could pull off a locked room murder case and how. And I mean it definitely had something to do with the scattered items. Um so yeah, I was just, you know, looking forward to seeing Conan unravel this mystery.
0: Well, it definitely couldn't be a chess player. They're all very noble dudes. Nobody bad plays chess. Hitler didn't play chess.
1: Is that a fact?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Let me people- <laughs> oh my god. Hitler chess.
1: Uh, did did Google actually Google. supply you with like an auto, uh, an auto response or whatever to make like? Did uh, someone search this before?
0: There, so there's a sketch of Adolf Hitler playing chess with Vladimir Lenin, the Soviet leader. Yeah. So uh,
1: those, uh, yeah, those two, uh-huh. great, great guys. Okay, so maybe
0: I wasn't <laughs> right about um, bad people not playing chess. So I guess the chess guy did it. Or he's going to become a dictator in the future. Yeah,
1: either one of those scenarios.
0: Haibara then reminisces about her older sister, telling her about Conan and how he lives in a detective agency. There's something different about him, she says. He's unusually calm for a child or mature. We then learn that Haibara's real name is Shihō. as she asks if her sister's okay, and gets told to get a boyfriend rather than making a stupid drug. What a-
1: (laughs) what a diss. Get a man. Stop working on science.
0: Hibera then pictures the newspaper talking about the one billion yen robbery, where Conan can be seen being hugged by Ron after her sister Kimmy dies. So here's my question: When the fuck did she tell Hibera this? Because there's not, se- it didn't seem like her and Conan were close at all, like prior to that. Why does she know all this about Conan? Why is she telling her sister about this random kid that she knows? If like this made no this sense. This goes back to, me. to my. Complaint about
1: how in the previous episode, Conan uh, at the bank is like, oh, I know this lady. She's so nice. La la la. And we learn that she's been working there for six months, but we've never actually seen her before. So I'm assuming it would have happened, this conversation at least, during those six months between when she started working in the bank, getting to know Conan, and then when she died.
0: Yeah, it's just very odd how they kind of try to rewrite history here and make them seem like... They were interacting a bunch, and I mean, I guess you can say, oh, it happened off-screen, but they never allude to it. It just strikes yeah. me as odd. I don't, I- And
1: I don't know about, like, in the future, if they ever show a little bit more of a relationship between her and her sister. I think there's one other episode I've seen where there's something to do with the sister leaving something behind, but, um, like, the whole idea of, okay, so the sister had a casual life in Japan, and then... Uh, Shiho was raised through the organization, and she like was sent to America to get her schooling. So you'd think that they didn't really bond at all because they never saw each other. So like that whole aspect of the relationship and how like Haibara is uh, obviously affected by her sis- sister's death, like all of that doesn't mesh well with me. But I'm I'm kind of holding out that maybe we'll get a little bit more of the puzzle pieces given to us in the future
0: well you know your blood's blood you know even if uh you don't get to see your sister often I'm sure you look up to somebody that you're related to and maybe even like I could see them having a complicated relationship she was probably jealous that she always had to work because how she was viewed as like the smart sister and she was groomed into being you know this lab rat for them while she's her older sister was kind of living the life and I'm sure since she's uh, passed away, she has a even more appreciation for her trying to get her out of that lifestyle. So I, I can see how they would still bond, even though they had opposite up, upbringings. And, you know, ultimately, family's family. And uh, it seems that Gosho Oyama is very big on making sure, like, family members appreciate each other, even when they have a dysfunctional upbringing, kind of like Ron, Koguro, and... Her mother, there, you know, that's not a traditional family, but everybody appreciates each other except for Kogo when (laughs) he's. Over Kogo and (laughs) Ari.
1: Yeah. The Ron appreciates them. Yeah. So what you're saying is blood is thicker than water.
0: Yeah, I guess that could have been a much quicker way than me going on a rambling uh, message there. So yeah, blood's thicker than water. And I just said that. I'm going to cut out the part (laughs) where you said it, and I'm just going to seem smart hi Barry then walks up to Conan and says it's impossible for anyone to move a key under the notebook in the middle of the room after locking the door. She says that even using the tape from the answering machine wouldn't work. She then says if Hereto was drunk then it might have just been an actual accident. She then picks up a knight chess piece and she says it's dangerous to be here, so they should just leave as the case is already checkmate. And she places the knight down on the phone. Do you play much chess, Colin? <laughs> um...
1: I think my dad taught me how to play chess three or four times, and I still don't remember the rules very well. So yeah, I don't. I don't play a lot. He he's he's a good chess player, though.
0: So the knight moves in an L formation. Yeah, there's rooks. Are you right? Queens, like, bishops. are you drawing
1: it out? There's pawns. No,
0: I'm just <laughs> uh, queen and the king. I'm a great chess player. Oh really? I would do, I would whoop your father's ass.
1: I don't know. He was invited to, like, this chess league or whatnot.
0: Okay, I, I would probably lose. <laughs> oh, no. Ground, but,
1: <laughs> I didn't mean to intimidate you. I kind of- was
0: the Detective Karen and as so...
1: I'm exactly. Kind of like
0: an intellectual, you know?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's the pinnacle of intellect.
0: Conan kind of looks at the piece and then tells Haibara and Agasa to wait as he's figured out the truth of the case. He says that it was a murder, and the culprit used the trick to lock the room. He says he'll show her the truth right now, as there isn't a single mystery in this world that can't be solved. So he's getting quite cocky tonight.
1: I I prefer confident.
0: Everyone is about to leave when Agasa's voice tells everybody to wait. However, it isn't the professor talking, but Conan using his bow tie. And Agasa's the one that's most confused by this. He's like, oh, what? This is
1: fantastic. Cause he starts talking and Agasa's like still turned around. And he's just like, oh, I've solved the murder. <laughs> like Conan has no regard for Agasa's feelings at this point.
0: Yeah, this forces Agasa to mind the words that Conan's saying. Agasa says that he's figured everything out and says that the loft room was created using the cassette tape of the answering machine and chess pieces. Hibara then jumps in and she says, show me proof. Why don't you demonstrate right now? And then is like, uh, yeah, I'm going to show you, but uh, my assistant Conan will set everything up.
1: And explain it.
0: <laughs> Conan then asks the policeman if he has a cell phone. He borrows his gloves and then another officer arrives with another cassette tape that Conan had told him to fetch earlier. Conan takes the inside of the tape out to a relative length and then sets it in the phone with the tape hanging outside he walks in a straight line out the door and then puts it through the ring of the key. With the remaining tape, he returns to where the notebook was and then takes three pawns and places them in a triangle. The center of the remaining tape then goes to one to the one closest to the phone and the notebook is placed upon them. Uh, got all that? Good.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm like toe-to-toe with Conan here.
0: Yeah, I hate having to write that stuff down. Because I'm sure nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. I try to, like, describe it accurately, but these things are so convoluted half the time where it's like, oh, you're doing a loop, then you're going here, and then you're zigging and zagging. And it's. I, I feel like it can't really, it's so hard when you don't have that visual of the trick sometimes. Yeah.
1: Maybe we should just, like, play the clip of Conan explaining it. Oh, that would be in Japanese. <laughs> oh, yeah, his
0: whole Japanese. That would be really helpful. Calling.
1: For our Japanese listeners, I'm sure it wouldn't make a difference.
0: Yeah, our two Japanese listeners We get good. <laughs> says this is a joke as he's planning to knock the pieces down with the force of the tape, but that's impossible because the base is set so the key will get stuck on the piece and get pulled out. However, Conan places the pawns upside down and then calls the phone to leave a message. The answering machine activates, and the key then goes under the notebook and falls under it as the tape is pulled back in. So that was the, the trick. You just had to put it upside down.
1: Yeah. I mean, watching Conan recreate it is one thing, but <laughs> but trying to realize that the person who committed the murder thought of this on the fly, maybe that's the real genius here. Yeah,
0: it's so ridiculous that, like, anybody could have come up with this. Yeah. It's total bullshit. Because <laughs> there's absolutely no way.
1: No, especially knowing which one of them did it. I'm just like, um eh, I'm not sure.
0: The trick is a success, and Agasa accidentally calls Conan by Shinichi, but is able to laugh it off.
1: Oh, the second time in this episode.
0: Yep. Yokomizo then accuses Shirakura as he left ten messages. He asked for proof, saying he only left a bunch of messages and that he wouldn't have come back to the scene if he had done it. Agasa then interrupts and says he returned in order to retrieve a particular object, the tape of the phone with his fingerprints on it. So they have evidence this time, and it's not like a a fault. It's like some lucky draw thing. Canon actually figured out a case and... How to pin it on somebody for once, yeah. which is becoming increasingly rare.
1: Yeah, and it's not like one of those, like, Okay, stop the investigation, I'll just confess right now.
0: Gos explains that he noticed plenty of fingerprints on the tape, and that it was an unprepared crime. He says that his meeting with Hiroto must have escalated to a conflict, and he accidentally killed him out of anger. He then came up with this trick, as anybody could do, especially a model... <laughs>
1: no offense to models, but I don't think this guy was too bright.
0: And he made it look like an accident. He was planning on being the first to find the body and then removing the tape, as the wife wasn't looking. The reason that he left his own name in the message was in case he couldn't retrieve the cassette so he'd have an alibi. The more you know.
1: Yep, I, um, made sense, I suppose.
0: (laughs) Agasa then tells the police to look at Shirakura's place, as the floppy disk should be there, And the model admits to the crime and says they're actually in the dashboard of his car, parked in front of the house. He says that the floppy with the picture of him cross-dressing is in it, too. He had asked for Heroda to give it to him, but the picture he sent said, There's no better smile view than this, and it included a photo of him before he had plastic surgery done. Oh, the shame.
1: (laughs) So he looked slightly different, but it just looked like, you know, a younger version of himself with maybe some pimples. I was like okay, that's Terrible. the big deal. You're you're willing to kill somebody over this?
0: He wound up changing his name after he had surgery and thought he was perfect. Now he pleaded with Hirota to give him the old the to give him the photo, and he said that the photo he sent would be a big hit, and that he could send it to them directly. This pissed Shurikura off, and by the time he regained composure, Hirota was dead. He says the rest is exactly as Agasa said, and turns himself in. What a dumb reason to murder, dude.
1: Yep. But, I mean, we've seen these things before.
0: But even on that level, this barely makes any sense to commit a murder ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, because this guy was one of his students, too, right? Obviously, he didn't mean that much to him yeah, as a like, teacher. Yeah, like,
0: I get if it was, like, blackmail or something, you know, like, there's nothing like that, and, like, yeah, it just seems odd. Yeah. Agasa then actually speaks, rather than Conan, and he tells Shirakura that Hirota probably just wanted to tell him to be more confident in himself, rather than acting uncertain. That's why he sent the old photo. The model says he wanted to hear those words, but from Hirota instead. And says it's a pity. I mean, he probably could have said it if you didn't kill him, bro.
1: What a dumbass.
0: Yokomizo praises Agasa's deduction and says that all evidence has to be checked at the station, so he can't get the floppy disk he came for. With that, Goss and the kids decide to go home. However, Hybara looks in shock and asks Conan, why? Why didn't you help my sister? She starts to cry and she says that her sister got the fake name Hirota Masami from her professor. Conan then finally remembers Hybara's sister and her death from the billion yen robbery in a flashback, even though it was like one case ago, dude.
1: <sighs> yeah, it's too bad that they weren't aired in order because a-, a little bit of time would have even uh, changed my um, experience watching this. I'd be like, oh yeah, okay. We remember it from a long time ago.
0: Then cuts back to Hybara, who's in full tears. With all your deducing skills, you should have been able to see right through my sister's case. But why? She then breaks down and holds on the Conan's shirt. Conan says it brought back a nearly forgotten <laughs> sad case to his mind. Which, once again, is kind of freaking ridiculous, because this one episode, dude, like why why have you forgotten yeah. this
1: Conan like conveniently has a bad memory throughout this entire special he doesn't remember Agasa's address he doesn't remember this particular case
0: it's too bad that like it aired this way because this is really a great emotional moment between her and Conan and you get to see her like a little bit of her insecurity which is very rare for her and Conan says it's the very the first true face that Hibera ever showed him and you you see that you know she she acts tough, but you know there there is a real person there. It's not like this evil brainy mastermind or anything. You know she's a real, a real person, a sister. You know with family, yeah. and so it should. I, I still think it's a powerful scene, but there's just certain parts because of how it was aired and how they screwed up her sister's episode, where it's like. Come on, dude. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> so knowing how impacted Conan was in that episode, because he took it pretty hard, like he got the frosted glasses and everything. Or like the fogged up glasses rather. And then in this one, when Hybara's pouring out her heart, Conan's just sort of like, you know, just whatever, like, oh yeah, I remember that case now. So the the emotions don't match up from episode to episode.
0: After the ending song, it's revealed that they received the floppies one week later from the police. They looked at them at the professor's place and Hibera tells them that the police wouldn't find it as all the files from the organization look like text files unless a password is used. She's able to get into it and the data doesn't just include the drugs, but also people's names and addresses to go along with their code names. This excites Conan, who finally has an advantage against the black organization. He's going to go after him all one by one, Colleen. It's going to be so exciting. Oh,
1: super exciting. Like he's going to figure it all out. This, this show is going to end next episode. Shinichi's going to get his body back.
0: Yeah, we're on the final, we're on the final (laughs) arc of Conan here. Uh, the scene then shifts to Jen and Vaka inside a car talking about Hirota's death. They mentioned investigating whether anyone inside the organization helped Sherry escape and where she might have gone. One of these days she will come to us, says Jen. Is
1: that true? Vaka
0: then asks about... Maybe. Oh. Vaka asks about the floppy disk, but Jen isn't worried about it because it has a trigger. As he says that, all the files start to corrupt on Agasa's computer Hybar explains that it's the Night Baron virus. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, Colleen? throwback. And that she was too hasty. The data is now all gone, and so are all the programs on Agasa's PC, which he's most sad about. Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> this uh, is the same. Remember p- his custom Photoshop yes, just- with his face <laughs> exactly. on? Exactly. It?
0: It's gone uh, now. Poor oh no!
1: Like he worked so hard on all of his collectible items that only he had.
0: And Hybar smiles, and she says, "It looks like I'm going to be with you for a long time." That's how the that episode ends. So, Colleen, what did you think about Hibera's introduction, this two-parter, and kind of ultimately not really being any closer to tracking down the Black Organization?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised there. Like, we're... <laughs> you know when the show has over 900 episodes, like, we're not gonna get any closer to the black organization stuff, but um, so yeah, overall, I really enjoyed this special. um I like kind of the variety of cases that we got here. I will admit, even though I you know talked a lot of uh bad stuff about it, I did like the second case slightly more, it's just a little bit more my my taste, my speed um. But uh, I mean, the detective boys one was perfectly fine as well. I think the pacing was really excellent. Um, just sort of like that slow intro- introduction to Hibera uh, as like kind of like a quote unquote regular elementary school girl. And then we kind of escalate into the more uh, black organization espionage side of things and how she and Conan probably have more in common than Conan and the other detective boys do. Um so yeah, I think overall the episode was really good. I thought it, it was um, interesting that we didn't get that much Ron and Kogoro, although their cameo appearance, especially Kogoro's, was fantastic. But it was nice to see that they were um, looking at more uh, Agasa and Yokomizo. We haven't seen those characters in a while, so it's nice that sort of they uh, decided to wrap them back into the the storyline. Um, especially knowing that a lot of people are probably going to tune into the special, what with you know, black organization, new character being introduced, and whatnot. Um, so what I'll say about Hybara, and I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this, but I really don't like her as a character. She's actually my least favorite character wow. in the entire show. Yeah, that's my big reveal.
0: Why? Why are you such a hater? Okay,
1: well, there's a few reasons. Um, so she really irritates me like i don't like how she
0: is it because oh i have a theory is it because deep down you see yourself in okay, okay. And you yourself?
1: <laughs> when when you started comparing me to haibara whenever it was like i was just like no i'm not gonna at the expense of you know being whatever funny or whatever i don't want to do that anymore because i don't want people comparing me to her so i try i've tried to like Real in the the snarky comments because I was like I do not want to be compared to her I so you <laughs> can try
0: but everybody
1: sees that everybody oh, you're the that, podcast that kills me inside
0: <laughs> deep down you're more like her than okay. you want to admit but go go on it and Explain right, well, why you don't like a character and explain we're gonna turn this into a therapy why why session, I hate myself you why you don't like yourself deep down. Yeah, why won't you let yourself be happy, Colin? Don't
1: hate me because I'm a happy person. Um, so since we didn't get to see the full high bar, like I'm probably gonna have a lot more to say as the episodes go on, and I'll pick out other things that I don't like about her. But just off the top of my head, um, she irritates me a lot. Like she'll do this thing where, um, she undermines. Shinichi like she'll say like even in this case she was like no that's not possible stop it like let's go home or what not and then Conan's like still figuring things out and I'm just like shut up and let the man think <laughs> like uh, so that's one thing and then um, she's also uh, like her the whole like uh, side of her that you know is warm and what not and like you get these snippets of her um, having a heart uh while well, she's
0: <laughs> see that's the one thing that i see <laughs> different between you she has a heart exactly we all know that Canadians. I mean, we live don't. in a
1: frozen wasteland apparently so we are, all our hearts are frozen solid um so yeah she's really like gloomy i guess it's a nice way of putting it um and i understand that that's her backstory and she's had it rough and um, like she's lost her sister like there's a lot of very touching emotional scenes with her but it doesn't mean that I have to enjoy her as a character um, I will I do appreciate um the level of knowledge she brings about uh, Apatoxin 4869 and the inner workings of the black organization so there are things that I find in Hibara that are useful but I still don't like watching her, if that makes any sense. I'm
0: surprised by all this. Hey, I'm 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 curious if you'll, <laughs> as we make our way through all 1,000, 2,000 episodes as the show continues, if you will continue to dislike her. This, yeah, much, I've, I've tried uh, to keep so I'm, I'm to keep it quiet. I know,
1: like there were other times where we talked about Hibara, and I was just like, I'm just gonna keep quiet. I'm gonna wait for the introduction episode, and then I'm gonna let it all out. Um, so I've watched. I'm about halfway through the show, the series, and my uh, feelings towards her have not yet changed. There has been one scene where I thought, like, I had an awe moment for her, but it didn't counterbalance enough to make me like her as a character. So we'll see. I know she, yeah, <laughs> yeah, to get every deep-rooted has, uh, hatred a pretty of yourself, big fan base. So maybe I will see something in her at some point but right now yeah she's uh she's i'm not a fan like i i don't even call her i like i'll call the other characters by their first names but for high bar i just call her that so anyways now you can talk about how would you like her
0: yeah i think she's a really great character i think she has a lot of depth and sides to her i think she's a entertaining addition to the detective boys because um, they definitely lack somebody that's on Conan's level, both intellectually and can kind of keep up with what he's doing. So I think she's great for that dynamic. And obviously, there's all the stuff with the black organization, so she's a an essential part of the story going forward. So I, I I'm really excited to see her. And we we only get a brief look at her during this episode. We don't see much of her true side because she you know she's t- pretending to be a normal elementary school kid so it'll be interesting seeing her uh show more of herself and i really i think the the way how like mitsuhiko starts yeah. getting a big crush yeah. on her is real cute And
1: she like treats so him with a cold I, shoulder
0: yeah i like everything about well hey another similarity i don't you have it. with her Colin. yeah I'm, I'm excited to see her i like uh standoffish <laughs> I, I have no idea rods, what that's will. like <laughs> so the uh next canon's hint is baseball cap but not Hattori's um so I guess before yeah not Hattori sadly but uh so you said you preferred the second part of that uh of the two-parter the second case more uh and I would agree with that uh but what's your overall thoughts on the, the two-parter in this special
1: uh yeah, I thought it delivered. Um I mean there were like as we were ex- um sort of um doing a deep dive on all the aspects. It really made it seem like Conan was like out of character. Like I mentioned his sort of temporary memory loss for certain aspects when, you know, he's very detail oriented and he remembers cases that he solved like five years prior so that kind of was a little odd and then um his sort of hyper um excitement around certain things or like his nervousness about uh the black organization it's also a little bit out of character for him usually he's a little bit more composed than that so um i don't know if that was just like a fluke or if they were actually intentionally trying to show maybe a different side to conan that he's not actually always perfect and he's also got like um he's got a little bit of anxiety around these things um so other than maybe those aspects I thought and of course Haibara <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the episode yeah I
0: thought it was really solid two-parter I thought both cases were interesting I'm, I'm the same with you I thought the second case was definitely stronger and we didn't have to deal with a lot of Like, change (laughs) mathematics to figure it out, which is just weird. But I I like the trick in the second case. Uh, It's a legitimate locked room murder, which is always, always definitely one of the more interesting cases. And they definitely ramp up the Hibera stuff on the second part of the episode because you learn who she, who she is, the significance. You get that reveal where she pulls back the layers. She starts crying and opens up the cone in there and her own frustrations and feelings. Um, so I, I like seeing that other side of her. I thought this was a really strong introduction case. I'm excited to see, you know, everything she has to offer going forward. And it's nice to kind of have, like, the core Detective Conan people, like, all all finally here. Um, so it's nice to flesh out the cast a bit. And we'll continue to meet many, many, many more <laughs> additional characters as the series continues.
1: It sort of feels like but the uh, end of an era. Like, the end of sort of, like, the simple times in the Yeah, Conan we universe. ended the
0: Conan arc, and now we're at the Hybera yeah. arc. Which, I guess, is your least favorite arc, because you don't have a heart.
1: <laughs> I mean, there are episodes where Hybera doesn't even come into play, so I like those, for wow. sure. Wow.
0: <laughs> Just watch, like... Watch the- Colleen becomes super negative about Conan going forward. <laughs> like, no. like, you enjoyed everything and now every scene Hibera's and you're like and she was like,
1: and This part sucked. And then Conan fixed everything.
0: Yeah, it was so stupid when I, uh, I mean, Hibera said this. <laughs> I,
1: like, I, I realize that it's a, I'm almost like, the hate I have towards this character is irrational because she does uh, she kind of is the mirror for Conan like in terms of level of intelligence and um like I guess coolness and awesomeness if you will but maybe it's because you know being a, a big Shinichi slash Conan fan it, the parts where Hibara kind of like uh jabs at him I just get annoyed by her I don't know
0: you're getting protective over your man
1: that yeah that's probably it <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so uh we'll be back next week with a two-part episode episodes 130 and 131 the indiscriminate stadium threatening case we'd love to hear from you guys uh tweet at us case underscore reopened on twitter and tell us your thoughts on um on Hybera and how you feel about this introduction if you want to make some fan art of colleen as Hibera, i'd be a <laughs> big fan of that for sure
1: Again, I would die Go ahead.
0: inside. I can already picture. it. I might have to get a get. The, I might have to commission that myself.
1: Oh, what a horrible thought!
0: Uh, you know, because they are so similar and have the exact same qualities as a person. Please no. So we'll we'll continue to discuss their similarities going forward. Hopefully, Kyle's back next week. But once again, no promises. Because I thought he'd be here this week. <laughs>
1: We're just gonna keep saying that every episode. Maybe Kyle will be back.
0: Yeah, so if you're mad, tweet at him, not me.
1: <laughs> T- tune in next time because you might hear Kyle.
0: Yeah, but uh, if you if you haven't already, leave a, a podcast review on like Apple Podcasts on Spotify, uh, all the all kinds of different platforms. So we appreciate that a lot, and we will see you next time. Bye.
1: Bye, and remember, one truth always prevails.